0: Welcome to mindlop the hive mind antidote for conservative Christians that want to form their own conclusions. And now your host, Ken Carroll. Consistently inconsistent in the 2020 election. You know, as I'm looking at the, uh, the 2020 election and I'm trying to stand back, you know, I am a conservative by nature. I do believe in God and I do believe in the Christian God. You know, when I stand back and I look at it, though, I kind of like to see you know, objectively. What's what's going on here? And, you know, when we look at our country being as divided as it is, it makes one wonder how we got so polarized to begin with. Seems like such a basic thing. You know, they want certain things. We want other things. And, you know, the two groups, the red and the blues, are just going to fight until the very end. But could it be more than that? As we discussed in the last episode, we looked at the mainstream media. We looked at what Could be simple pandering to demographics on the most innocent of levels, but it could also be something much more nefarious, to quote the bad guy from Indiana Jones. So, what is it? And why are we so polarized? Well, the inconsistencies that I see are somewhat interesting. So, if we go with the 2016 election and we kind of get into the whole Russia concept and Donald Trump, you know, the President of the United States. Recently released a lot of documents that appears to, you know, conclusively prove that the Russia connection was false. And if that's true, he was largely um, attacked and impaired for his first four years. And he was impaired because he had to kind of combat this. You know, he had to he had to deal with it, and so it was a bit of a nuisance. But you know, if we were to take a look at it from the Democratic perspective and we look at the liberal media, what we would see is we could start to see an interesting picture. For example, if we look at it closely, we would see that uh, Russia was really focused upon by the media. And this is not just the the, uh, liberal media, the ones that uh, call themselves conservative media, they also focused on the Russia uh, side of things. And so when you look at it, what you would see is that it's kind of magnified however if we fast forward to the 2020 election when the computer and hunter biden's information got out we saw that the media largely ignored anything related to the ukraine and china it wasn't treated on the same level as president trump and russia now if you take it from the democratic side the left side of things it would almost seem like a vindication. A vindication that, man, if they really focused on this, there really had to be something. And if, the, and if the media minimizes something or ignores something, well, then it can't be true because otherwise they would say something or do something. So there is this implied perception that there was a firestorm, there was accuracy to President Trump and Russia, and there was illegitimacy and almost like a an, an attack on a person's character, undeservingly so, with Joe Biden. However, if we were to flip the coin and we look at it from a conservative perspective, the conservatives would go back and say, well, you know, Trump was attacked, you know, there's no doubt about it. And same evidence, the documentation that was released, everything looks like that you know, it was false what they when they tried to tie President Trump into Russia. And then you take Joe Biden and the Ukraine and China, and you see that the mainstream media and big tech largely ignored it, and in some ways appears to even have censored it. Now, if this is the case, the conservatives would be irate. And rightfully so. But you see, we have inconsistencies. For some reason, we have certain things that are targeted and sold to us as true and if the right-leaning media focuses on it even by maybe focusing on the controversies of it or focusing on certain aspects of it by not minimizing it they're actually giving validation to it and the same thing would be true within the liberal media as well. So my question as I'm looking on this is, is how do we get around it If you listen to philosophy classes, they would often tell you things like, you know, the truth can't be known. And the reason they would tell you that is because, really, if you think about it, with our limited five senses, you know, we are living in a subjective world. Now, however, as Christians, we do have the objective reality, the objective morals and ethics of God. And if the Christian Bible is true, which I believe that it is, then we have a set of morals which we could work from and without those morals then the gloves are off so you can do virtually anything that you want you know uh, other than your own personal bias and your own personal uh, convictions so what i would appeal is i would appeal to you tonight and talk to you a little bit about the idea of, of ideologies and the inconsistency of ideologies but i also want to talk to you about the origin been doing some um, studies in Genesis. And in those studies in Genesis, I look at the Hebrew words and I look at the story in Genesis. And what you find is that when God created man, he breathed life into man. Now, when he breathed life, that word breath is kind of interesting. It can mean breath, but from my understanding, it could also mean essence. It could mean a, a little piece of God, kind of, you know. Uh, Took, was was absorbed by man and then you see that in our creativity you see that in our propensity not just to do good but then also our our propensity to want to do our own thing and I think that's kind of what we're seeing and you know one thing that's very unique about man is not only do we have a propensity to want to do good and want to do our own thing but there is also this dulling when we do things that we shouldn't or if we pursue things that we shouldn't. It almost seems like the, the sharpness of doing wrong gets less and less uh, confrontational within our own mind. Almost like we accept it. I think this is dangerous. Especially when we live in a world where there's so many conflicting ideas. None of the religions seem to agree on much. Of course, from a five mile view, they, you could draw some connections between them. But the way certain things are treated, it's kind of uh, different. Ravi Zacharias, I remember when he was uh, alive, I heard him say one time that, you know, people think that the uh, major religions are mainly the same, uh, but just superficially different. And in his studies, he he would determine that most religions are just superficially the same, but inherently different. I tend to agree with that based upon my limited research over the last 15, 20 years. But you know, as we're looking at this and we look at the ideologies and we realize there is that creative spark, I think getting back away from being coerced or being manipulated. Now we can get in and argue about our sexuality and all these things that are current issues. But if we get back to an ideology that's consistent and one with the heart does tell you is true, If we can peel back the dullness of anything that we've overlaid on our heart to prevent us from being able to really sense what's good and what's bad. So I'm a big believer that if we can truly conclude and be honest with ourselves and say scientifically, we can't tell when life begins and we're making a subjective decision to terminate a potential life and that history may look back at us one day and they may say, you know, you were killing babies. Now, this is over and beyond how we look at um, our other uh, ethics. But it's the same thing with other things, such as lying, such as stealing, such as coercion. I don't think anyone, if they believed that Joe Biden went and had his son go to the Ukraine and sold his office in return for self-gain, I don't think anyone on either side would condone that. Now, however, we have been doled down a little bit because what we're being told is that humans are, you know, a plague on the earth, that we create problems on the earth. And then we're told that uh, the Democratic Republic is a plague and that we should go back and look at socialism. And just as pro-choice would tell you or point to you about issues related to incest or whatever, you would see the socialists would point to you in terms of like uh, social security are certain things that are given to certain groups of people that cannot function um, at a at a level within our society that they need to or they maybe deserve a retirement so as I look at this I'm grateful that I do have the ideology of the Christian faith and I'm grateful that as we have this ideology that we can rely on it and we can rely on it as objective truth and then if we believe this and then we believe that we're endowed with this ruach I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly that is the breath in which God breathed into man in Genesis if we can believe that then we can also believe that spark lives within each of us doesn't matter if you're blue or red or purple or whatever you are in the political spectrum. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what gender you are. None of that matters because that divine spark lives within you. Is that the only way that you can achieve, you know, your connection with the divine is you have to come to terms with who the real divine is. You can't call spirituality. You can't have the spirit without God. And you can't have God without his ethics. You can't have God without his morals. You can try to deny it, but by denying it you're dulling your senses. So what I would implore us to do as a country is make sure that when we're looking at the good guys and the bad guys, I would suggest that we look at it very consistently. I would suggest that we use our scripture as a basis I would suggest that when we are moving through our life, that we also consider those who have been in situations and met people or terms that have deluded them into believing that morality is subjective. Obviously, morality is not subjective. There's no real context within it. If you listen to the most ardent evolutionist, richard dawkins or the late uh, christopher hitchens what you would find is that you would find that they use terms like good and bad and right and wrong and evil terms which have no place within the realm of humanism and evolution they only can live within the biosphere of a faith that is consistent so as we move forward we need to pray for our friends who are In the blue, those that are inconsistent, we need to pray for ourselves that we are consistent in how we look at things. We need to take Jesus' words very carefully when he says to remove the plank from our own eye before pointing out the splinter in someone else's. We need to avoid the ideas that we're good enough or at least we're not as bad as X. We need to strive for God's will while we're here on this earth. We need to stand for what God wants us to stand for. We need to be a part of waking people up to the objective truths. And regardless if this election goes to the Supreme Court, regardless if President Trump remains in office or Joe Biden gets in office, I would say if we could just know that we know that it's legitimate, if we could just get to a point to where we could analyze or know and trust that the stories that are being circulated, even with the censored uh, intent of the internet. If we could just know that the mail-in ballots were either legitimate or illegitimate, were the mail-in ballots really only filled with the office of the president and they were not filled out with all the sub-offices within the ballot? Would that bring reasons to suspicion? Is there a reason that the election just drug out and drug out? Is it truly fair for us to sit back and think, we, these are unprecedented times, and because they're unprecedented times, we need to give people more time to mail in their vote, and we need to skip how the state mandates votes are accepted and how and when they're accepted, and we, we write it off to COVID. And if we do that, due to being unprecedented times and having us such a polarized country, would it not make just as much sense to do a recount, if nothing else, to give legitimacy to Joe Biden's office, should he have won, or give legitimacy to Donald Trump to give him a fair opportunity to be president if it's the will of the people? I would argue that those things are reasonable. I would argue that anyone that isn't trying to undermine the underpinnings of our country would be more than willing to do so. Only a person who is trying to undermine or somehow do things that are unconstitutional and undemocratic would want to do it. And I would hate to think that a socialistic agenda is trying to usurp our republic. In closing, I would like to bring up one more Fault, and that is the thought of censorship personally i don't care if it's a madman that stands on the side of a street a person who's doing something that i don't agree with i, I don't care if it's a politician i don't care if it's a movie star a, uh, a musician i don't care who it is i want to know what they think and i want them to have the ability to say what they think i'm not a child. I don't need someone to tell me what to think or how to think. I don't need someone to protect me from hearing what someone else says. I believe I can discern that, and I believe most Americans can discern that. And the moment that we try to silence something, the moment that we try to hide mistakes of mankind's past, the moment that we try to to just conceal it and protect ourselves, and become a country that is freedom from speech rather than freedom of speech. What we're doing is we're putting someone on a pedestal, a mediator, a person that's going to tell us what is truth, what is real, what we should believe, what we should not believe. And that's dangerous because if it's a system, the system was built by a person. If it's a program, the program was built by a person. If it's a government, Those are run by people. All can be manipulated or or they could have influences that are less than honorable influences. So I think it's very dangerous not to let people speak. Sometimes ugliness grows in the shadows and it doesn't grow in the light. So letting people speak and say what they think, what that can also do is be a self-correcting mechanism. Let someone stand up. Let someone say what they think. And that should be true if it's online or if it's anywhere else. And anyone that tries to silence someone for having an opinion, shame on you. It should not happen in this country. I don't care if you're going to talk about flat earth. I don't care if you're going to talk about a controversial subject. I don't care what you're going to talk about. I'll listen to it, I'll process it. Be careful. I think we all need to be very careful because algorithms can be manipulated, results can be altered, mindsets can be changed when they're footnoted, that it's not factual. The moment that we're doing these things is the moment that we're giving up our ability to free think. And that is possibly one of the most fundamental God-given freedoms that we've had, even in the even in the tightest environments. We've always had the ability to think for ourselves and not be brainwashed into believing what some other person deems that we should believe or what some other person deems that's you know, as as a bad person or a good person or whatever. So I encourage you to think for yourself, to encourage, to allow other people to think for themselves. Let other people be able to say what they think and let's let this wonderful country that we live in be a self-correcting mechanism and be careful when you see your favorite conservative or liberal TV show or news broadcast or whatever censor someone and say that person should not be able to speak what you can run into is a pendulum because as we grow in our lives our beliefs can change as we grow in our lives things change people in power changes systems change right all these things change and when that pendulum swings The thing that that you want to silence, the thing that you don't want to hear because you don't like it, that could be your belief system on the other end of this pendulum. And when it swings, it could cut your feet out from under you. So be careful. And I think we should all pray, and if censorship is happening, if people are being censored from saying what they think and us not being able to hear what they think, I think that's perhaps the biggest travesty of all when we're looking at this election and our lives, and big tech, and the media, and our schools, and our professors. Thank you. Thank you for listening to MindLob. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast or visit MindLob.com to learn more.